Well, good morning. What a beautiful song to be reminded of the depth of God's love for us. You, our Heavenly Father, loves you so much that He would give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. What great news. That's the gospel. This morning, we're glad that you've come to join us to celebrate our Savior, our crucified and resurrected Savior. And we have a, a, just a kind of a special Sunday that we've set aside to think about missions and God's love, that love that he demonstrated to us on the cross, how it expands to all the nations. And so we have some folks that are going to share with you about a recent trip, some ladies that are going to share with you about some upcoming trips. We're excited for you to be able to hear what God's doing in our midst and around the world. But before we get there, uh, I just want to say a couple things. First of all, I want to welcome you if this happens to be your first Sunday here, or if you're new here, we're glad that you've joined us today. If you would, just take a moment to fill out what we call a connection card. You should find it somewhere in front of you in the back of the seat or under the seat in front of you. And it just lets us be able to stay in touch with you, and we have a free gift we'd like to get to you, and, and be able to answer any questions you might have about Brown and Corners Church. Once you fill those out, you can uh, put them in the offering boxes on the back wall. And uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'd just love to be able to know how we could better serve you and bless you. There's also a spot on the back for prayer requests. And, and so if the Lord has laid something on your heart, or uh, as, as Pastor Herb was sharing the, a few weeks ago, uh, the third Sunday, or the third Thursday of every month at 7 p.m., we're going to take some time to pray for our church. And so if God has laid a burden on your heart, uh, uh, an aspect of our, our church uh, in ministries that you'd like us to be in prayer for, uh, jot that down on there, and we'll make sure that we include that in the list of things that we're praying for on that third Thursday of every month. And we also want to let you know that you're welcome to join us. It is, a, it is a time of just great blessing, of spiritual encouragement, and so we want to make sure that you know you're welcome to join us again the third Thursday of every month. Uh, we've been announcing it now for a few weeks, but next Sunday afternoon, we will have a membership class. A number of you have already signed up and if you are going, if you'd like to join the ranks, just uh, give, a, give a shout out to the office this week. That way we can plan for food. The information is in the bulletin, but we'll have dinner there available, and you'll be able to um, uh, just answer any questions you have about the church. It's a real informal time. Um, we'll just kind of go over a little bit of the history of our denomination, of our church, uh, some of the things that we believe, and um, it's, it's, again, as I said last week, even if you're not sure about joining the church, but you just want to learn a little bit more about who we are, this is a, this is a great time. And uh, if you have kids, we'll make sure that we provide child care for them. Just, again, give us a call so we can get a head count and know who's coming. And then finally, I just want to make a promo on the back of the bulletin. There is a, uh, a men's conference that's going to be coming up March 10th. We're going to have some little more information on the cost and, and uh, all the details, but we want to just get that out to you men. And uh, on the calendar, a number of you uh, joined us last year up in Gaylord, and uh, this will be in the same place. And there's an interesting lineup of speakers there, so you want to make sure that you take note of that. In the book of Psalms, in the 96th Psalm, it begins with these words, O oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. 
tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Verse 3 of Psalm 96 essentially sums up what missions is all about. God has called us to declare his glory among the nations. This morning, we just want to put a spotlight on our call as a local church to fulfill that mission. Recently, I had the opportunity of joining a group of great young men down in Nicaragua, and it was just an exciting experience, and we're just able to accomplish a lot of things and have a great time. And so a few of those guys are here to share today along with Pastor Jeff, and so I'm going to invite him to come, and they're going to let you know a little bit about all that went down. Good morning. A lot of manly men on this stage, that's all I'm saying. We, uh, we have a fundamental question that, that I, I always ask myself, and, and I do this uh, fairly regularly. How, how can God use something that I love to impact other people? I have loved this sport since I was, I don't know when I started, maybe six, seven years old. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, there's nothing more fun for me than practice. And I don't know, these guys are now in college and they have like 20 some hours a week in practice and they probably don't love practice nearly as much as when you were a kid. But when I was a kid, I, I played the outfield and there's nothing that I love more than, than shagging fly balls and diving for balls and one of the nicknames I had when I was a kid was grass stain because I always had grass stains no matter what I was wearing. My mom, she became a professional at getting grass stains out of, out of clothing. Um, I'm not sure what chemical she used. It's a secret. But, um, but this sport has been a sport that I have loved for, for decades. And, and uh, many of you know the history. A few years back uh, in 2005, uh, when we took our first mission trip to Nicaragua, I, I discovered that Nicaragua's passion, their, their heart sport, was baseball. And, and that was exciting for me. And uh, that, that very first trip, I got a chance to spend some time with some young people. Um, they invited me to, to play some baseball. And uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't as smart as I am today, I don't think. Uh, but back then, we, we, I was the only American that went and played. And, and uh, uh, it was so hot. And I didn't take any water with me, and, and uh, they offered me this old pop bottle filled with dirty water, and, and I drank it. That's probably the start of my insanity right there, uh, drinking that water. But baseball has been such a, uh, a blessing in my own life, just the, the passion uh, associated with that. And, uh, and it's so cool when God allows you to use something that you love for Him. And, and when we think about missions, um, that's a cool marriage when you can do a mission and actually do the thing that you love to do. So how do you, how do you get 
uh, marry those two, baseball and mission. So we took a, a group of guys uh, from Michigan down to, to Nicaragua. And, and Nicaragua really is straight south of, of Michigan. Um, it, it is central time, um, so it's a, an hour earlier, but it really is like if you could just go straight south, you'd eventually run in um, to Nicaragua. So we took these guys down there, and we, we did various things, and, and they may interrupt me, they may comment a little bit, and, and after I get through a little bit, two of them are, are going to speak, so it'll be a real treat for all of us. So one of the first things we did was we, we hosted clinics for some really um, eager young players, and, and I think we can all agree, uh, the guys on stage here, that the skill level of these young men was pretty high. And so, uh, as we did the clinics, uh, we found ourselves marveling at, at some of the skill level. In fact, we got a chance to work with a group of, of young boys, nine and 10 year olds, who were the national champions of Nicaragua uh, from the city of Messiah. And uh, that was kind of cool. And we could tell that they're, they're pretty good, uh, but they still have, have a lot to learn. Baseball is one of those unique sports where even if you are the best at the sport, you still fail more times than you succeed. Isn't that kind of, kind of odd that the Hall of Fame vote just came in and, and the guys that got voted, um, they, none of them batted 500 in their career, so they, they all failed more than they succeeded. So baseball is a, a, a great sport to, uh, to, to learn and teach because it's a, it's a sport that offers you continuous chances to learn. And it also is a sport, in, in my opinion, that um, helps us understand life in the Bible because we all fail. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of this ideal of perfection. And so... When, when we, we do baseball clinics and we start meeting people, we start talking, we can naturally start talking about Jesus. And one of the things I, I always like to do is I always like to ask, man, wouldn't you want to be a perfect baseball player? And they're like, yeah. Wouldn't you want to never make an error in the field? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't you always want to get a hit when you're batting? Yeah. But it's impossible, right? We all fail. Every baseball player fails. And yet, Jesus offers us this opportunity to wipe away all the failures and be seen as perfect in God's eyes. And, and um, for me, that's just a, a, a cool way of integrating uh, the story of baseball in with the story of Jesus. So we, we got a chance to, to be in these clinics, and these guys all did a, a fantastic job of coaching and teaching and connecting uh, we had a chance to, uh, to, to put on, um, the guy pictured there is Coach Vandy. Uh, that dude is like the smartest baseball pitching coach I've, I've ever been around. And uh, he, he uh, was able to share with, uh, I know it looks like there's a few players there, but there's also about a dozen coaches uh, that came and uh, he shared um, a lot of his story at that coaches clinic. We got to play a couple of games. Um, we climbed up inside the, the big scoreboard and, and took a picture. That was a scary moment. Uh, a little bit of rust, a little bit of shaking, a little bit of everything. Uh, but we, we survived it. Uh, the, games were, the games were fun. Uh, we had a great time. We played two nine-inning baseball games, uh, both of which we, we won. 
And uh, we also played a seven-inning softball game, which was a lot of fun as well, a modified softball game. Um, so we, we, uh, that offered us a, a chance to connect with people, connect with other players, connect, especially uh, several of them are young players. And uh, it was always cool to see the, the interaction that followed games, where guys would, would we'd be all out in the field and just chatting about stuff and, and just making those connections. Um, we also... Uh, had a uh, former uh, professional player come and, and speak to us at the center one night. He's a Christian and, and shared his life story, uh, which I think was also uh, impactful for us. So we d- did those things. We also got to assist on a, a work project. And uh, this is a, a house that uh, my wife and I were, were helping build for a, a couple that has been near and dear to us for pretty much the last decade. And uh, it's a small house. It's, it's going to end up being uh, uh, like two rooms and a, and a kitchen, uh, but uh, a life-changing experience for, for the family. And, uh, and Russo was really nervous about cutting that block with no guards on the dealio. Uh, so that's the size of the house right there. It's, for us, it would be our li- a living room, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but for this family, it, it, will, it will change their life. Um, None of these guys interrupted me and, and spoke. I think they're a little nervous, a little intimidated. But uh, I'm going to introduce uh, all of them to you. This is five of the guys that went. We had 11 players and one coach go. And uh, once I'm uh, through introducing them, uh, one of them will come up and, and start to speak. At the end here, we got a, a guy named Garrett Eating. Uh, he's affectionately known as G. Uh, this is Mason Schwellenbach. Uh, he's from Saginaw Heritage, where I used to teach. Uh, this is my son Camden. Everybody knows him. Uh, this is Tucker Rowe, a Claire boy, which uh, he's also obviously a player at SVSU. And then this guy, I had to get used to it. His first name is actually the letter Z. I thought that was just a nickname, but then when I did, we did his passport, it's, it's Z Michael. <laughs> his parents hated him. No, no I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. So, uh, first to speak is going to be Garrett. So, Garrett, why don't you go ahead and. Uh, Oh, thanks, Jeff. Um, Good morning. Um, My name's Garrett. I'm from Zeeland, Michigan, from the other side of the state. I play baseball at Saginaw Valley. I'm a junior there. Um, I'm a utility player, um, if anyone knows what that is. Um, It wasn't my first time out of the country, but definitely the first time in a third world country. Um, Just seeing the conditions there, um, pretty pretty crazy, honestly. some of my thoughts going into the trip um, dealt with what, what was the food going to be like. We ate very well, thanks to Jeff. Um, he's a great cook. Um, <clears throat> and then another thing I was thinking about was what were the living conditions going to be like. And we were very fortunate enough to stay at the center, which was, I mean, driving around, it might have been the best living conditions there. And we were very fortunate to have that, very blessed. Um, I want to talk about how this trip impacted me a little bit. We'll get to that picture in a second. But uh, one of the things that we did was with Pastor Jeremiah, we did some uh, meetings in the morning where we kind of went over some scripture, did some reflecting and stuff like that. One of the things we talked about was content, what it means to be content. And after seeing the conditions, seeing the ball players down there, the equipment they had, uh, the, houses, the house that we worked on, 
uh, it was really easy to come back here and be really content. I mean, we all have phones. We all have video games, electronics. We all have air conditioning for the most part. Um, and, I mean, we really are only content in Jesus. So, and that was something that Jeremiah brought up, and that was, that was cool. Um, talk about this picture, this little girl. She was the only girl that came to the camps, and she inspired me, honestly. She got hit in the face with a ball during a drill. It was probably my fault, honestly. Um, but she didn't cry. She had tears coming down her face, did not cry, did not want to come out of the drill. And I was like, wow, I need a picture with her. So there you go. Um, Next one. Just some other pictures of us working on the house. Um, let me think. Oh, I want to talk about how we made an impact. So obviously, we made an impact here at this house um, building. And like you said, the house, I mean, the house was probably as big as my bedroom. I mean, talk about, that's just crazy um, to me. We also made an impact at the baseball camps. Uh, just teaching them the skills and stuff. In terms of, like, skill level, like you said before, those 10-year-olds, man, they would probably kick our 10-year-olds' butts. But the thing is, is that uh, they don't really get the opportunity to have access to facilities like we do, um, coaching, training, stuff like that. So it was cool to go down there and uh, really be able to teach kind of like what we know um, in terms of baseball skills. Uh, the last thing I want to say is just to thank you uh, to those that made this trip possible. It was a trip I for sure will remember, I'm sure, them as well for the rest of my life. So thank you. Good morning. All right, so as Jeff said, I'm Z Wesley. Um, I'm from Midland, Michigan. Right down the road, I uh, went to Bullet Creek High School. Um, this was my first trip outside of U.S. or Canada. And heading into the trip, um, I was nervous because I didn't know like, exactly what to expect um, going to a third world country in terms of safety and all that. <laughs> um, I, was, I was also very excited because mission work is something I've always wanted to do. But um, I've never had the opportunity to actually go because um, of baseball. So this opportunity, uh, this because of your guys' help, this opportunity was brought to light for me. This, this was a dream. Um, the trip had an impact on me in many ways, but in more ways by the people and the memories I made with them. There are people like Jeff, um, Jeremiah, Jaden, John, Fair, John Fairchild. Um, getting a call. <laughs> um, that I met because of this trip who were great too, but pictured above are just a few Nicaraguans that I'd like to shout out. Um, so one is a shortstop, and it was the other pitcher, actually, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he was a superstar shortstop whose name was Mariah. And uh, Mariah had an impact on me by his humbleness, despite the advantage um, he had of talent over the rest of the age group. He was, he was a very good player. Uh, Mariah, just like many of the other kids, had a love for the game and willingness to learn same person calling me. <laughs> um, uh, 
he had a willingness to learn that I truly admired. Um, Mariah and I spoke through the translator we had. Uh, he was an amazing listener and a, a super quick learner despite our language barrier. Um, and that was another theme was the, the kids just love to learn. That was something that I also like truly admired. Um, the second picture is one of our translators, the same guy who we spoke to Mariah through, which is uh, Danilo. Uh, Danilo and I connected from the minute we met each other, and uh, we had some great talks about life and Jesus. I added Danilo on Facebook and look forward to keep, keeping in touch with him and hopefully seeing him again one day. Um, both Mariah and Danilo will, will be uh, always an inspiration to me, and I'm grateful for not only Danilo and Mariah, but Jesus and Juan and every other uh, Nicaraguan I met during our time down there. Uh, there isn't enough time or words to describe my gratefulness and the impact it had on myself and our group. Uh, but before I left, uh, someone told me that those who go on a mission trip typically are more affected than the, the ones who uh, we make an impact for. But I believe, uh, I believe there's some truth to that, but I also believe that in this case, uh, it was a lot on both ends. Uh, I have, I have, I've never seen such selfless group of people in my life besides maybe this church <laughs> um, who helped us get down there. But um, there were so many instances of giving and compassion for Nicaraguans throughout our time down there for our group. Um, it, was, it, was an another it was another amazing thing to see, and I was, a bless I was blessed to be a part of it. Uh, our family, or I feel that we made a huge impact to those we were able to reach while we were down there. <laughs> Once again, there are truly not enough words to describe our experience and the way, uh, our experience and the way that the, those who we reached, I could stand up here all day and talk and tell you about it, but I just think I just don't have enough time. So thank you uh, all for playing such an important role uh, in this trip. Man, same <laughs> um, I know for myself and most of others, this this might have not have been possible for for us. Uh, but with your help, you, you created dreams to come true and life-changing moments for us and those who we reached. Thank you all. From the bottom of my heart. Hello. Well, uh, we're a little short on time, so I'll keep my uh, thank yous uh, short and quick for the next people. Um, this trip was... I mean, it was a lot of fun. Compared to that, I've been on another baseball trip with the Huntington team, and this one was with the SVSU team, and it meant quite a bit more with uh, some of the guys I've been playing with for the past two years, and I know it had a huge impact on them. Um, we kind of threw the trip together real quick because we had, uh, I found out we had 16 days after New Year's, still before classes started. So I was like, hey, Dad, we should try to throw this together real quick and see if we can get a trip because then no one would have to miss anything. So we kind of did, and we, had, we started playing things, and uh, one of the things I prayed about was, man, these guys are all college kids, and I'm like, God, could you please help me? I want to fundraise and try to make it available for some of these kids to be able to go, or some of my teammates who uh, wouldn't want to pay or aren't able to pay the full price that it would have taken. And so I prayed I wanted to get each guy, I asked them to pay for their plane ticket, and I tried to cover the rest, the food, the transportation, everything else, and I was, uh, was a little stressed out about it for a while, and then uh, right when uh, a few generous donors, we finally got the last of the money rounded up, then all of a sudden our money all gets taken from us and we have no flights, 
And so all of a sudden, everything came right back. And one of the things my dad and I were talking about after we were uh, really scared that this trip wasn't even going to happen was um, these sort of things kind of make you uh, rely on God more. And so we prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and you know, it was pretty hard for the two of us at the time. But thanks to you guys. We got to go on this trip. So thank you guys. I, I echo those thoughts. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate um, the support of our, of our church, and, uh, and we're just so thankful that you had such a big role to play in the impact uh, that we were able to have, and that, that impacted, obviously, these guys as well. Um, we do have a, a video after the service, if you want to just stick around. It's seven minutes long. Z put it together. Uh, it's, it, it highlights a lot of the the stuff, pictures, and, and some video clips, and, and uh, you, can, you can hang out, and these guys will hang here and, and can tell you all about what's going on. So if you're interested in that, come on. Uh, you can uh, just stay after the service. Guys, you can leave. Uh, actually, uh, just stand here, and I'm, I'm going to pray, and then you guys can take off, and Jeremiah is going to come back up. Uh, Lord, we just are so thankful for uh, how you care for us, how you meet our needs, even when it seems like there's no possible way. And uh, Lord, we are uh, just so grateful for your provision. We're grateful for uh, the people who uh, felt um, the tug on their heart to, uh, to help make this trip happen. And uh, Lord, we are uh, just in awe of how you care for us, and we are uh, thankful for that. And uh, I just pray for these guys, these men, uh, that you would continue to work in their lives uh, as they uh, play baseball and study for their future. And I pray that you would use them in a mighty way. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I think you are. You guys, you guys need seats. Yeah, yeah. You can, we can just leave them right there. Thanks, guys. All right, you guys can sit in the front row. Cool. I just really appreciated those guys, and uh, we couldn't talk Jaden into coming up here to join him, but uh, they just re really welcomed him in. I, just, I was really grateful that, for that as his dad. Uh, they, they really let him uh, join in and participate really, really well, and he had a great time getting to know these young men. Um, we've, uh, we've, had, we've heard a little bit about some of the things that God has been doing, and now I want to share with you a little bit about what God is going to do. Rather, I'll let some others share about that. Uh, Elisa and Kathy and Ines, if you guys would come on up. Uh, Elisa and Kathy have the opportunity to go this uh, spring to China to do some uh, missions work. Kathy is, is a, a pro at this. This is something that she's done for a number of years now, and Elisa has a chance to join her this year. And so we want to be able to let them share a little bit about what God has laid on their heart and a little bit about what they'll be doing. So I'll turn it over to you, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. 
God is good. I don't know. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> I appreciate every one of you guys and what you did. That's powerful. That's awesome. And God's going to bless you for it. And I just was touched. It choked me up. Really, I'm wiping tears out of my eyes. And God is so good. He's going to use all of our young people in mighty ways, isn't he? And we need to encourage them in the faith and keep teaching and keep on keeping on in their, in their walk with the Lord. It's very, very awesome. My purpose for talking to you today about our mission trip is going to be talking about the three organizations that we're going to be in contact with and affiliated with. The first one is the Go Forth Ministries, and its director is Wendell Martin. He has been at this for several years. His wife is from Hong Kong, and they raised their three children there in the Hong Kong territories near the China border. They have been organizing Bible Courier mission groups for many years. I was on one of the first groups that he was on, and uh, I've known him for 40 years. His heart for God is steadfast and strong, and his purpose is a single mission, and that is to get Bible into China and to do it in the safest way possible. And foreigners, it's easy for foreigners to do it, but as you know, the Chinese are persecuted if they're caught with a Bible. And I know of one minister, one that was caught, released just in August. He spent six months in prison for possession of a Bible and for sharing that Bible. They're not allowed to do that in China. The funds that they are provided with go toward the frontline contacts who have a passion for building God's kingdom and who are printing good quality Chinese Bibles. I've seen it, and they're awesome. Also, uh, they're printing Sunday school literature that will last one child 12 years. So they print it all in one packet. I've taken a lot of those across the border. And the second organization, I can't go into great detail for the confidentiality, and we don't want anything going public at this time because we don't want to jeopardize their careers and their mission. Their sole mission is to organize the teams, to lead the teams into China with the Bible. They moved about 17.5 tons of Bibles last year. We think, well, it's a drop in a bucket, but it's a drop in a bucket. And you know that stone, that ripple, it just goes. We're able to, con uh, to touch four lives for every Bible, they estimate, that gets into China. So the pastors of the home underground churches, they get this for free. We don't charge anything for this. We go over there, we get it in, and they know where to come, and they go through, and this group organizes all of the contacts and all of the arrangements in that way. Teams from all over the world come because it's easier for foreigners to do it. They come, they carry his word across his border. And if you're interested in more information, come and see me personally, and I can share more on that. The third organization in our second week we're going to be there is called His Feet International, and that director of that is Todd Rosenwald and his wife, Michelle. They've been in Kuming. They lived there about 14 years, came back to the States, and just recently moved back. Their heart is there. 
They, uh, Todd speaks fluent Mandarin. He studied at the university in Kuming, and he speaks fluent Mandarin. And his mission is to raise up pastors from China to go into all that part of China and beyond with the word of God. One of the things he does is he trains pastors and business leaders from China's house church network. In 2017, they provided training for more than 150 people. They partner with three foster homes, providing for special needs orphans and providing much of the needed vitamins and medical supplies and surgeries they may need. As a matter of fact, Todd and his wife are in the process of adopting one of those little girls. Her name is Joy. Around uh, 75 orphans will be impacted in his ministry. Another ministry they have is a leprosy ministry. Um, last year, they distributed nearly 10,000 meals and cared for the medical needs of hundreds of lepers. Lepers are ostracized from their family areas. Government provides a place for them to stay. I have been in one of those leper camps. Leprosy is a cured disease, but they can never go back to their families. Never. They must live their life in these, these areas. So his feet provides food uh, and, and medical care for them. They've been affected by leprosy. We've seen some without fingers, without toes, uh, deformed in some ways, but, they're, but they've been given the medication. They've been cured. It will not progress, but they must live their life in these, these areas, and hopefully this year we'll be going to one of those. I was touched by meeting a 95-year-old Chinese woman who was almost blind, and she grabbed my hand, and she rubbed her face with my hand, and I was so humbled, and she kissed it. It meant so much for her that we should come all that way to minister to her. It was very special. Distri we, uh, they distribute meals to the homeless people in Kuming, and they also assist in helping them find work. But they also preach. They go there at night out in the street. They have a central place. We are hopefully going to be able to go and participate in that. I've done it for the last two years. And it just touches my heart. And it's just awesome. They reach out to the unreached peoples group. That's one of their main goals. There are over 485 um, recognized in a book that Elise gave me of unreached people's group where I'd say 80 to about 100% have never even heard of the gospel or heard of God or heard of Jesus. Now, I've been in a few of those areas. You have to be invited. You can't just go and minister in those areas. You have to be invited. And I've got some stories, wonderful, awesome stories about that. One group is currently being persecuted that they're asking prayer for, and I can tell you that uh, later, but that's their main goal. So um, I just hope that you will continue to pray for us. Picture us as your fingers and you're the arm, and we're doing the work and you're helping to support with your prayers. I have felt them in the past, and I pray that you would continue that. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. 
am so excited to share with you something that's been on my heart, and I think what's the most exciting about it is it's on God's heart all the time for his glory, for his people, for more people to come to his kingdom. Many of you know this part of our story. Let me see if I can do this. Once upon a time, I realize there could be some of you who don't know that in June of 2007, we packed up our suitcases, our two precious sons, then four and two, and headed to Central Asia. The city that we lived in is one of the cities we'll be staying in um, that Kathy told you about. Our goal was to reach one of the unreached villages in this area with the gospel. And although we didn't end up staying there, we are so thankful that God gave us that opportunity and that time because nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. His word will not return void. A lot that happened there was training ground for the Lord to lead us here. And for that, I praise him too. You are such a wonderful church family, and we should tell you more. Uh, you encourage us with your prayers, with your smiles, with your welcoming arms when we don't have um, grandparents close by for our boys. So I just want to thank you for that. Insert that. And when we bring up the subject of this country, a lot of people are like, are you sure you really want to do that? You're going where? Well, let me tell you that our God is just as much present with us there as he is here. And it's a step of faith that we're going to trust him, that our families are okay while we're gone, and that he's going to protect us while we're there. Um, but yeah, we just want his will. Now, exactly why is there really a need there? I mean, aren't we in 2018 and don't we have the internet and couldn't they just get an internet Bible? Yes, 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 there is a need. There is a huge need. There are millions of people in this land who have never even heard the name of Jesus, who do not even have one page of the Bible. And I'm sure there's many of us, I mean, myself included, we can go home and we can go to our bookshelf and find one for the teen years or for a chicken soup one or for a women's devotional. Or we might have five or six, and these people don't even have one page of the truth. Sure, in big cities, there is internet. Um, but there are thousands of villages who do not have the internet. They don't have a cell tower. They don't have a smartphone. They don't have much technology to speak of at all. Maybe a simple flip phone. Then there are those who move to the cities in search of better jobs to provide for their families. But even in Kunming, I remember this, we visited a couple bookstores where they would sell Mandarin Bibles. And for one of these villagers, one of these farmers, to actually purchase one, it was a whole month or two's wages. And so what's the decision there? Do I feed my kids or do I buy this Bible and hope that we're okay for two months? 
Slowly over time, the government has allowed some printing of Bibles also, but there are never enough to meet the need, and many are confiscated if the Christians are found sharing their faith. So the answer is still a resounding yes. There is a legitimate need. And if this piques your interest at all or you want to check facts and figures, um, the book that Kathy mentioned is called Operation China by Paul Hathaway. And it has some beautiful pictures in there of each of the tribal um, peoples in their um, original dress. So please, please, if you are curious at all, pick that up. Um, This one, less than 20% of Protestant missionaries go to serve in places that the gospel has not been proclaimed or who have no access to the Bible. This is my friend Helen, and I was trying to learn some of their recipes so that um, when I invited people over, we could serve food that they would enjoy. Um, But the reason I put this in here, um, other than it's a cherished memory, would be um, the correlation between we could feed them as much food for a lifetime, but how is that? filling their soul. They need spiritual food, and it's only found in God's Word. This is a picture of um, my language helper, Ruth. And with the mission we were with, they even required the wives or moms of little ones to study at least 20 to 25 hours of Mandarin. So it was really hard, but there were some really fun times, too. They worked with the registered church body, where if you have a Bible with them, then your name goes on a government list. Others that we met from unregistered places of worship, I did not include here for their protection. I believe firmly that the Bible is clear on what our role is to have some part in the Great Commission. This was um, a village about three hours away. I think this is um, some meow ladies that we met at the same village. We all have choices. Will our legacy be what we build here on earth? Or what we store up in heaven, treasures in heaven? These are gained by obedience to God's word. I hope that we can all say that we are obedient sons and daughters to our king, that we will be part of building his eternal kingdom. We can pray, we can give, we can go, or do all three. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks of the water I'll give him shall never thirst. But the water I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Please pray for the team going out this April. Pray that God would um, protect and go before us to prepare their hearts. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Pray then to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth more laborers into his harvest. Thank you. What we're going to do is, uh, Ines has a little bit to share about her trip, and then I'll, we'll, we'll pray with all three of you right at the, at the end. But uh, we're just grateful for the opportunity that these ladies have to go to China this summer, uh, or this spring also, uh, Ines has the opportunity to go to Lebanon, and she's going to share that a little bit with you. Oh, my heart is so full. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing about Nicaragua. Um, you brought tears to my eyes, and thank you, Kathy and, and Elisa. And I will be praying for you that your impact and your ministry continues, and I will be praying for you as you leave and every day that you're there. What a mix of emotions as I stand here. <clears throat> I remember two years ago, spring of 2016, when I stood before you for the first time with my knees knocking, sharing with you about um, my opportunity um, to go to the refugee camps in, in Lebanon. <clears throat> when I returned from that trip, again, I, my heart was full of, of mixed feelings. I was so relieved um, and so exhausted and so happy to be home but also there was a heaviness of heart, thinking that in all, likeliness, all likelihood I would never be returning to Lebanon. But I determined not to forget. My students' names and faces are etched on my heart, and their pictures are on my refrigerator. And if I can have a picture of the next one. Oh, I'm, con I'm in control of it. Didn't realize that. <laughs> This is one of the refugee camps, and in, in Lebanon, the camps are not organized um, United Nations refugee camps. They're basically wherever there's free land, and a farmer or a landowner allows the refugees to settle. And so this is, this is one of the camps, and you see the children just wandering around there. The next picture is um, of some of our students. This was a, uh, a school right in the camp. I worked in a school at a church where they bussed 250 children in, but there wasn't, there wasn't enough room there, and so they developed um, schools right in the camps, and since then, then they've developed a few more schools, additional schools. But again, there are, it's estimated that there are 400,000 refugee children. 200,000 of them are in school, learning, like these kids here. The rest of them are out on the streets, maybe working for pennies a day in, in potato fields. Um, and again, I have uh, my picture that is, uh, my pictures of my students that are hanging on my refrigerator, and I, I remember them, I pray for them daily. I correspond with a few of them who have uh, WhatsApp, and I adopted one refugee, um, my translator, Fadi, and I continue to support um, and encourage him as he's studying in Germany now. You know, when I returned, um, I told God that I wanted to be faithful in whatever he called me to, wherever that might be. And so thinking that I would never return, I turned my focus to my own neighborhood and to here, to Brown's Church. 
The first year it was the grief share ministry, and this year it's included a prayer ministry and a women's Bible study. And God blessed and is blessing through those ministries. But at times the burden for my refugees was so heavy, and with tears I asked God if there was any way that I would ever be able to return. And just before Christmas, I received a text from Jeff Dice um, letting me know that the global missions directors of the United Brethren were planning um, a trip to Lebanon in March, and would I be interested? I replied with three words, yes, 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 and I can be back in a half an hour. Some of you may have uh, picked up this brochure from the Welcome Center. It's from UB Global Worldwide. And it talks about uh, 2020 vision, why the emphasis on unreached peoples. And in their vision for 2020, the years leading up to 2020, one of the things that they want to do is to um, send a vision team, one vision team per year, into an unreached area. And that's what this vision team will be. And so Jeff Blierfeld and Dave Klein, the two directors of Global, uh, UB Global, and I will be on this vision trip to an unreached area of the world. We are going as guests of Youth for Christ Lebanon. That's not the group that I was working with before, but I'm hoping that there's some coordination there. Um, they have ministry sites already in place in Beirut, and in the Bekaa Valley, in the refugee camps. So we will be uh, visiting each of these sites and learning from Youth for Christ what they need and how we can help. For my um, summer 2016 trip, I had a road map. I knew where I was going and what I would be doing. For this trip, there are very few specifics. And this controlled freak needs to learn to keep her hands in her pockets and let God do the driving. Last time I went to Lebanon, it was to teach. This time I'm going to learn, to observe, to perceive, to listen, and then to return here to develop a plan for involving our churches. This plan will involve short-term mission trips, partnering with Youth for Christ, that's part of, uh, part of uh, Global's mission or goal. And I just learned from um, Director Jeff that College Park Church in Huntington is already planning their next summer trip to Lebanon to the refugee camps. So I know that there will be future trips to the camps. I don't know whether I'll be the one going on the trips or whether I will be the one encouraging younger ones to go. I do know, however, that I need to be ready with those three words if God calls me. I just finished leading a women's Bible study. It was a Beth Moore study. And in the first study, Beth shocked us by stating that if your life is boring, you may be out of God's will. And we were a bit taken back by that at first. But as she explained, and as we know from experience, every time God calls, it's an adventure. Every time, every day, we are his hands and feet, the only hands and feet he has in this world. So whether it's China or Nicaragua or Lebanon or our neighborhood, God wants to use us 
He wants to use these hands and feet to share the glorious gospel until the whole world knows. In Matthew 24, Jesus' uh, disciples asked him about the end times. How will we know? What will be some of the signs? And we sometimes get hung up on that in our day even. Jesus gave them a few signs, but then he redirected them to what their job was. And he said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. To me, reaching the unreached, uh, reaching the unreached is not an option. It's not an option. It's a mandate. And it can only be done in one way. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so as I leave um, the first week in March, I'm asking for your prayers for Jeff Blyerfeld, Dave Klein, and myself. I'm not asking for prayers for safety. We've been safe and comfortable long enough. I'm asking, I'm asking for courage, for boldness, for the willingness to take risks for the sake of the kingdom. Secondly, I'm asking for open eyes and open hearts to see what God wants to do in Lebanon, to perceive and to put together a plan for action. And then thirdly, as Elisa mentioned too, um, I'm asking the Father, the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers into his fields. They are already white, ready for harvest, and we just need the workers. Thank you, and God bless you. And pray with these three ladies. Um, Ines mentioned she's leaving at the beginning of March. Um, Elisa and Kathy will be leaving at the end of April. And as you pray for them, they already shared some ways that you can uphold them in, in your prayers. Um, but also, I, I want to challenge you to encourage about uh, encourage you to consider supporting them on their trips. The Lord has provided uh, for Kathy's trip in entirety. Uh, Elisa still needs to raise a little bit of uh, her funds, and so if you're interested in knowing more about how you could do that, she's got a prayer letter on the Welcome Center that you could uh, you could read about where to be able to give. Uh, Ines also still needs to raise some support for her trip. Being that her trip is through uh, the United Brethren Church, you can give directly through Brown Corners to her and just make a note that it's, it's for uh, Ines Bauer's Lebanon trip. Uh, but we just want to encourage you to go before the Lord and ask how he wants you to be involved in taking his kingdom to all nations. And so I want to pray with them as I do. Our worship team can come on up to, to lead us in our final song. But let's just pray for, for them and for God's word to continue to go forth. Our Heavenly Father, we are privileged to be called to be a part of the Matthew 28 mandate to go and make disciples. As Inus challenged us, Lord, we want to ask your forgiveness for being too comfortable in, in so many regards. 
and in many, in many ways ignoring what, what you've called us to do. 2,000 years we've had this message and there are still people whose ears have never heard the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, stir our hearts today. I pray for each of these ladies as they finish raising their support, as they prepare to go forth. Lord, Lord use this time to powerfully impact your kingdom. Use the, the testimony of these, these young men that we heard from to challenge other teens to think about how they can be a part of taking your word to the ends of the earth and fulfilling the Great Commission. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of having a part in what you're doing around the world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.